Hey there, this is Ann Teagarden with episode 24 of the Unveiled podcast, and today's topic is letting go of self-pity. Wait, don't turn me off yet. I know we don't want to admit that we have self-pity. I always hate admitting it myself, but I'm guessing I'm not the only one that finds myself wallowing in self-pity from time to time. This happens to be my number one trap that I have to watch out for. I often don't notice it until I'm really steeped in it. A little bit of self-pity might go unnoticed, but it has a way of growing and growing until it's all-consuming. I begin to compare my life to those that have it easier, or so I think. They actually usually don't. I rarely compare myself with those who have it worse. Funny how that is. Have you ever noticed the word pit is in self-pity? I think that's an accurate description of what it is. Self-pity is a trap. It's a pit that we sink into and we think we can't get out of it. In fact, we often don't want to get out of it. We tend to enjoy self-pity in some weird, twisted way. Self-pity, I believe, is one of the most crippling and destructive traps that I know. It will most certainly keep you from soaring on eagle's wings. Proverbs 17.22 says, A cheerful heart is good medicine. But a crushed spirit dries up the bones. A crushed spirit dries up the bones. Death. But the cheerful heart is good medicine. Life. So how do we conquer self-pity? Well, there is a quick and easy way out of it. And it really is as easy as letting it go. When my kids were toddlers, my husband traveled a lot for his engineering job. And one summer, I had some minor surgery, which had made me weak and tired for a bit. And I had recovered from the surgery about a month later. But for some reason, I still felt really weak and tired. And I didn't know why. I thought about how hard my life was with two toddlers and my husband often gone on work trips. And when he was home, he was also pastoring a church, which meant evenings and weekends. He was busy with that. So one night when he was gone, I was bathing my kids and they were getting all hyper in the bathtub. They didn't want to get out, but I just wanted to get them in bed and be done for the night. And I remember getting teary-eyed and sinking to the floor of the bathroom while they were playing. My thoughts wallowed a bit on feeling sorry for my situation. And then I had the thought, I can't do this. I just wanted to give up and go to bed. And what's funny is that the very next thought I had was, but I have to do it. There is no one else. I can't sit around feeling sorry for myself and saying I can't do it when clearly it needs to be done by me. Someone has to get the kids out of the bathtub and dried off and put in bed. And that's when I realized I needed God's help to make it. And it also began to dawn on me that none of my preceding thoughts had been from God. They were lies. They were negative. Many women actually had it much harder than I did. I had indoor plumbing, for goodness sake. So I calmed down and I reached for God's strength. And after I got the kids in bed, I asked the Lord where this was coming from. He reminded me of an incident shortly after the surgery when the person who was supposed to be helping me had left early and I had really overdone it and completely wiped out. Somehow that day, I believed that I was weak and I couldn't do my duties. And while that may have been true for that moment, I somehow got stuck there. So I said out loud, I reject the lie that I am weak and incapable. I can do all things through Christ. 
And once I rejected that lie, it was like this dark cloud lifted off of me. And I had energy and joy for the first time in a month. The immediate change was absolutely amazing. That was the day I learned how detrimental self-pity is. I realized how crippling it is. I understood that it is actually like being in the bottom of a dark pit and seeing no way out. But there is a way out, and it's actually easy. Once you recognize that the thoughts are self-pity or martyrdom thoughts, decide to believe the truth. Reject self-pity. Seek God's perspective and strength. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Ask God to supply whatever you need and be thankful for what you have. So what is the truth to combat the lie? Well, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Or maybe it's Philippians 4.19, my God will meet all my needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. The scripture is full of truths to counteract the lies of the enemy. So what fits your situation? I really think the best antidote to self-pity Thinking is thankfulness. First Thessalonians tells us, give thanks in all circumstances. And James 1 recommends counting it all joy when we face trials of many kinds. Or in the words of Madam Blueberry of VeggieTales, big fan, a thankful heart is a happy heart. Now, please do not hear that I am brushing aside the hardship that you may be facing. It's real and it's hard. But you are not alone. The enemy tempts us into self-pity to make us feel alone, isolated, and helpless. Jesus warns us that the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But he also assures us, saying, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. There it is again, death or life juxtaposed. Self-pity, I believe, is the road to death. And it can lead to depression or even self-harm. We all will face hardship at some point, And it's okay to acknowledge it. We may all feel sorry for ourselves for a moment because that is a common temptation. But as I like to say, don't invite it in to stay for tea. If you open the door and you see the enemy is selling self-pity today, close the door in his face. Do not let self-pity get a foothold in your life. The longer it stays, the harder it will be to overcome it. So what can we do when we're feeling overwhelmed or discouraged with life circumstances? The Psalms are full of David's laments, but after pouring out his soul, which is a healthy thing to do, he turns his thoughts to God's faithfulness. Psalm 13 is a great example of this. <clears throat> he says, How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? So he's pouring out his heart there. And then next he cries out to God for help. Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him. And my foes will rejoice when I fall. And then he goes on to proclaim his trust. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. 
So he goes from the woe is me to singing God's praises. Psalm 43, 5 repeats this model. It says, why my soul are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. So this week, practice catching your self-pity thoughts as soon as they knock on the door. Spit in the enemy's eye, slam the door, and give thanks for what you have. If you're faced with a trial, use David's healthy model. Pour out your heart to God. Ask him for help, and then proclaim your trust in him. Be thankful and praise him. Remember, it becomes self-pity when you begin spiraling into negativity, loneliness, feeling sorry for yourself, getting depressed, withdrawing, feeling helpless. Large amounts of ice cream and or Netflix are often involved as well. and That is not healthy. So be empowered. God is for you and God is with you and God will never forsake you. 1 Peter 5, 7 promised, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And he really does. As I was preparing this, the old spiritual, his eye is on the sparrow, kept coming to mind. Don't know if you're familiar with it. I'll put a link to a beautiful rendition of it in the description. And I encourage you to go listen. The beginning of the lyrics say, why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart be lonely and long for heaven and home? When Jesus is my portion, my constant friend is he. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. I'll leave you with that thought for the day. Remember, you are loved. You are never alone. You are enough. Go in peace.